0: I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we are treated as imposters, yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known as dying and see we are alive as punished and yet not killed as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing everything we have spoken frankly to you corinthians our heart is wide open to you there is no restriction in our affections but only in yours in return I speak as to children. Open wide your heart also. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we are thankful for these words. Your word. A word to instruct us and guide us. To be our light. Help us to hear these words of Paul as a church. And also as those who would like to disciple others. May we follow in his sacrificial, selfless example. In the name of Christ, amen. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day. You've heard it so many times and in so many ways, and with that comes a lot of baggage, that phrase, happy Father's Day, right? We Always, as church staff, dance around these parental holidays. How are people going to take that? I, myself, lost my own father nine years ago. People have different impressions of that. So instead of being diplomatic about this, I'd like to talk, to, talk about another topic altogether. Let's distract ourselves, if we will. A couple of years ago, pop star Ariana Grande, who I'm sure all of you are familiar with, right, released a song called God is a Woman. Now, this song was not a theological treatise so much as a way to sell more albums, and it was successful at that. But nonetheless, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Reverend Justin Wembley, felt it necessary to address the topic that the song brings up. He said all human language about God is inadequate and to some degree metaphorical. And this is challenging for a lot of people because we often view God as Father. So the Archbishop, anticipating this question, said this. It is not that God is like a father. God is the father. God defines fatherhood. God made human fathers and gives us the example of good fathers so we can understand the kind of secure relationship of love and protection God offers us. Yes, God has motherly attributes too, and God is not constrained by the biological limitations of gender. So in explaining this, the archbishop said God is not like a father, but God is the ultimate father. Now this is good news to us, Now we don't have to change our Lord's prayer slides any longer. God's fatherhood, though, in all seriousness, is epitomized in this statement from Jesus in Luke chapter 11. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? So if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? As we think about God as Father, I want us to use this lens in our lesson for Paul and the Corinthians. Paul's obviously not the biological father of the Corinthians, but he's a spiritual father and a mentor. This mentorship is something that's played out in the life of the church. Whether it's through our children's Sunday school teachers, our VBS volunteers, and even our confirmation leaders. It's practiced by people of all ages and all genders. It is a sacrificial, unconditional, selfless way of being. And when we think about fatherhood by this definition... No one is excluded from our lesson today. We're all expected to imitate God, our Father. So I want to say to you all, happy Father's Day. I've just expanded the holiday, the holy day, to include all of our mentors and teachers, older siblings and parents, biological and adopted, literal and spiritual regardless of gender. And I give a profound welcome to the greeting card industry that will surely capitalize on this full inclusion of the term Father's Day. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been discussing Paul's relationship with the Corinthians, right? For those keeping track, we are in the reading from the second letter to the Corinthians, but scholars have reasons to believe there have been four maybe even five letters written to this church in Corinth they have history with Paul they've had some issues which is why Paul keeps communicating with them so I want us to begin to explore this relationship in verse six uh, chapter six verse one it starts as we work together with him we urge you also not to accept the grace of god in vain now i want to stop right there all this talk about father's day and working together gives me some flashbacks not all of them are great has anyone here had to help a dad or or a mentor or somebody with a home repair or a chore my son is back there raising his hand I wanna tell you something about my own father. My dad loved ceiling fans. My dad had a philosophy that every room in a house needs to have a lighted ceiling fan. And we lived in three different houses growing up, and, and so I helped my dad put up no less than seven ceiling fans. And it wasn't always a good, pleasant memory. In fact, my younger brother refused to help, because he didn't want to get yelled at. And maybe I was a glutton for punishment, but I was always there to help. Sure, my dad would get frustrated and yell, but at the end of every project was the promise of a milkshake, a a cheeseburger, and some kind of affirmation from him. When I was 17, we moved from Raleigh, North Carolina to Kansas City, Missouri. Before heading to work one morning, my dad came up from the basement with two boxes and set them on the kitchen table. And he said, Andy, which only my parents can call me Andy, by the way, Just don't get any ideas. Andy, tonight, we need to put these ceiling fans up in the kitchen. Now, I dreaded spending the evening putting up ceiling fans in the dark, because the only job worse than handing my dad tools was trying to hold the flashlight in the right spot. Some of you are nodding knowingly, right? I never had it in the right place, and and it was very frustrating for both of us. So that morning, I put up both ceiling fans by myself. I began to understand some of my dad's frustration, but ironically, I also knew exactly what to do. When my dad came home that evening, he looked at the job with some skepticism. He tested the lights, the fans. He wanted to make sure that if he flipped the little switch at the top, that they would move in both directions, right? Then he beamed with pride. He proclaimed me my son, the electrician." Unbeknownst to me, he had been training me. The apprentice had become the master. Listen again to Paul's words. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. Paul was working with the Corinthians. They weren't just helping him. He was training them, teaching them. He goes on to explain that the Corinthians needed to respond to that training. For he says, he being God... At an acceptable time, I have listened to you. And on a day of salvation, I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. He wants them to move beyond the teaching and take on this training for themselves, that they would own their salvation. He's extended God's grace to them. How? Paul provides them with an example to follow. Listen to verses 3 through 5. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, Hunger. Any parent knows that these are very common things to go through. But the Corinthians were not always accepting of Paul's ministry. They probably mistook Paul's passion for anger. They were probably turned off by his frustration and criticism. But Paul, Paul's not bragging. None of these things that he experienced were an act of achievement Paul's not saying, see all the ceiling fans I've put up. Paul is trying to say to these people, remember what I endured for you. The time that we spent looking for you, teaching you, when the authorities considered us outlaws. See the love we have for you. This is the fatherhood that Paul puts before them. Sacrificial giving. Even when the gifts were met with apathy, resistance, and rebellion. Why would Paul endure this for the Corinthians? Paul knew if they are going to be the church, let me put that another way, if we are going to be the church, we will need to love others in this way. Good fathers make good fathers. He continues on in verses 6 and 7. By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. All the struggles that Paul endured in the previous passage are met with these tools. If there are people who could shine the light in the right places to bring others hope and relief. Paul wanted these things for the Corinthians because good fathers want good things for their children. Then we just read that in the Luke passage. Paul wanted to give those things, but not for himself, not for his own glory. The interesting thing about these letters that that are passed back and forth is we only get to hear one side. We never hear what the Corinthians' responses are. The Corinthians had accused Paul of being harsh and critical. And they sometimes followed different teachers at different times. And the reason is, is because spiritual formation is hard. Pastor Matt talked last week about God making all things new. You know, in making things new, there's a lot of unmaking. It's not a fun or popular work. Sometimes being a parent means loving, even when you are not loved back. So Paul goes ahead and answers their criticism with this, these antithetical statements, these things that, that his ministers endured. In honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we are treated as impostors yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. Here Paul shows that his love, the love of a father, the love Tim spoke about in the children's message, is unconditional. It's a daunting way of life, but to be clear, these things didn't just happen to Paul. Paul. I mean, if you read through all the letters that Paul writes, he always talks about something awful that happened to him. But he went into this endeavor knowingly and willingly. It was part of his call. Last week, I was ordained as a deacon in full connection, and I'm thankful for the support of this church, of my family, and the many fathers and mothers who have raised me up. To make this possible. And with my vows. comes some responsibility. But there is a sober clarity. Of the cost. I mean. The vows kind of start out pretty good. A deacon is called. To share in Christ's ministry. Of servanthood. To relate the life of the community. To its service in the world. To lead others. Into Christian discipleship. "...to nurture disciples for witness and service, to lead and worship, to teach and proclaim God's word, to assist elders and appointed local pastors at Holy Baptism and Holy Communion." It's kind of like a, a neat opportunity. We get to lead. We get to talk in front of everybody, and you all have to listen. It's pretty sweet. And look, Holy Baptism and Communion, we get to throw parties." But then there is the other part of the vows. To interpret to the church the world's hurts and hopes, like Janet and I just did. To serve all people, particularly the poor, the sick, the oppressed, and to lead Christ's people in ministries of compassion and justice, liberation and reconciliation, especially especially in the face of hardship and personal sacrifice this is the rule of life and the work of a deacon do you believe that god has called you to the life and work of a deacon now at this point they don't give you extra time to think about that heavy stuff i mean they ask you a lot of questions but it's generally frowned upon to uh for a candidate To ask the bishop, can you clarify that part about, especially in the face of hardship and sacrifice? I'm really interested in what you mean by that. Are we talking about some kind of mild inconvenience or what? See, there are no guarantees. Paul understood this. Like ordained ministry, fatherhood, or spiritual mentoring, the sacrificial, unconditional, selfless way of being isn't safe or easy. If you're only making people happy and spoiling people, that sounds a lot more like spiritual grandparenting. Grandparents know what I'm talking about, right? But Grandparents Day is in September. So Paul continues his appeal to the Corinthians. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There's no restriction in our affections but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children, open wide your hearts also." Paul is seeking reconciliation. He doesn't want their praise. He wants a repaired relationship. He doesn't want honor or money. Paul is speaking the truth in love. One commentator tells us that Paul wants to see the same self-searching honesty and the Corinthian Christians that he just displayed to them. They had to do this so they could be reconciled. The rift between Paul and the Corinthian church could be healed, but it was in the hands of the Corinthian Christians to do it. He wants their hearts, their affection. He wants them to see that he loved them as best as he humanly could. Paul knows that love can't be forced but it must be extended without expectation. In doing so, Paul is speaking to every one of us. Where our own capacity to love God is limited, God's capacity for loving us is not. So as I ask you to stand for our last hymn, I would say, Happy Father's Day. We are called to this sacrificial unconditional selfless way of being who has been a father to you who has led you in the way of love that you might shine a light for others who has God placed in your life to love and mentor we are all called to teach others to hang ceiling fans no electrical skills required amen